I know for us here in the church, it's still Christmas. We're still celebrating Christmas all the way up until Epiphany, which we'll be celebrating next Sunday. But really, there's something that's kind of true about the way in our culture, as soon as we hit today, holidays are over. (laughs) They're done. Um, Over this past week, we spent a couple days with our nieces watching them, and I could tell they were done with the holidays. There were meltdowns, there were tantrums. Every time, uh, even without them going to a store, you could see it in people's faces and in the children that they were done. There's something very real about the holiday letdown afterwards, making kind of January and February a little difficult. Um, Something kind of comes over us. Now, I I realize that today is, is New Year's Day, and, and there's been some of you who've asked to have a New Year's service, and this is, this is as close as we're going to get. <laughs> and so this is as close as I may get to giving you a New Year's sermon. If we look at the story that came to us today out of Matthew chapter 2, it's a story that's very difficult for us to read. The slaughter of the innocents is what it's called. The story of Every male child under the age of two, two and under, slaughtered for the sake of the Christ child. Most of the time we handle this by by not really reading it or kind of forgetting to tell that side of the Christmas story in some way or another. But we, the last time we met here, we're going through Luke and we did Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2 and we hear of peace being pronounced to the world. And glory coming to the Christ child. And looking at the the two differences there, we've come a long way from the shepherds in adoration and the host singing in heaven and the glory of the Lord coming through and the magi in their adoration to today. To Herod seeking the life of that child. And in such a vehement way that he was willing to slaughter a whole town's children just to get at that child. You want to talk about a holiday letdown. This is extreme. This is genocide. It's not the first time we've seen genocide in the Scriptures. But in every time, we need to to face it, look at it, and see what is it telling us. What What are we talking about here? How can we reconcile Christmas Day and Christmas morning with the story that comes to us in Matthew chapter 2? The slaughter of the innocents. In fact, let's take it a step further and ask ourselves, the last time we gathered here on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we sang songs of peace and hope. But how many of you felt just as peaceful coming into 2016 as living, leaving it. We were all ready to leave that year behind <laughs> and hoping for something new and different. Countless times we still saw throughout this year, the wars that existed are still existing. People are still dying. Where is the peace talked about on Christmas morning? Families are still struggling. 
People are dying of hunger. Where is the peace that was talked about? It's a real question. It's a question that we need to face and we need to answer. How can we still talk about Christmas morning when most of our world still looks like the slaughter of the innocents? Not just our world out there, but the world in our own homes many times. The world of our own lives many times. We're in a time, we're in an era where where things are changing and they are shifting rapidly. Our own world order is changing in such a way we haven't seen it since probably the fall of the Berlin Wall or, or maybe even since the end of the war. Where is the peace of Christmas morning? I was reading just this past week that the, the Independent Center for New Religions came out with their yearly report. And once again, the Christian faith has the largest amount of martyrs than any other religion in the world. That Every six minutes, a Christian dies for their faith. But that's actually down from 2015. Peace of Christmas morning. Where is it? What is it? How do we... How do we explain it? How do we, how do we come to terms with it? When today we have our own slaughter of innocence happening. You know, the remarkable thing about the story that comes to us in Matthew chapter 2 is like any other decision that we can often make, is it always seems like a good idea at the time. I remember talking with a student one time when I was doing my... Uh, student teaching for pastors in one of the local schools, and and a kid had done something, and I asked him, why did you do that? Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Herod was looking at at Israel and, and what might possibly happen if this Christ child actually takes hold. I doubt he really believed that this was the Messiah, but he certainly knew that this child was different. It had been for prophesied and foreseen. And, and you know what? Maybe it would be better. It would be better to just do away with, with all of these kids and let momentary sorrow and sadness strike one town than the entire Israel be carted away by Rome. So let's just do that. How many times has that thought been the same? It's better to do this instead of deal with this later on. This is often how the wars and the division within our houses and at our own family tables begins. It's better for me not to let that person into my house just because of the problem it might cause later on. You know, it's, it's better that we just, cut, we just cut him out of our lives because he, he kind of causes trouble for our families. So let's just, let's just drop it. Let's drop him. Maybe it's, maybe it's just better for us to 
as a community to, to look inside ourselves and, and let's just not worry about what's going on out there. Let's just, let's just worry about what's going on in here. Because when, when we start looking out there, that's, that's when things can really get messy. So it's just better for us to stay in here. You see, the same, same way to make that decision is, is used by us all the time. Used in our world, used by us even as the people of God, always with the reason of protection and defense, or maybe even building up a false peace. Our own version of the slaughter of innocence today. So many people's lives, so many people hurt, so many chances of the gospel being spoken. All of them missed. We have a calling. We have a faith. We have something that tells us that we are supposed to be different. The language that people are using today, the way we divide ourselves, we're not called to add to it. We are called to be different. We are called to speak in a way that delivers the peace of Christmas. Jesus didn't come to divide, but He came to save. And that's our calling. That's the peace of Christmas morning. That's the way we are to be in this world. Not not using the language, not using the thought process, not making those same decisions, but being radically different. And just letting the Gospel be our foundation. And being those very ambassadors and disciples of peace in this world. We've missed our chances before. But after all, this is a new year, isn't it? This is a new season, isn't it? There's a man by the name of Martin Niemöller. You would have actually heard of him, but you've mostly heard of his writing. His, his writing was the one that people know of coming out of Nazi Germany where it says, first, they, they came for the socialists and I didn't care because I wasn't a socialist. And then they came for the Jews and I didn't care because I wasn't a Jew. And then they came for me and there was nobody left to say anything. It was actually a Lutheran pastor, one of the founders of the confessional church that came up against Nazism in the 1930s. And he spent his entire time uh, from 1937 to 1945 in Dachau concentration camp. And he wrote of a story that in 1944... Suddenly, permission had came through on December 24th that they could have Christmas Mass. They could have a service on Christmas Day with the Protestant and the Catholics. They could have their separate ones. And he was the only pastor among the Protestants that could do it. But he was looking at, he was looking at uh, uh, other Protestants. One was from Belgium, one was from England, one was from Macedonia, one was from all these different places. And each of them, 
Each of them had very good reason not to listen to a German pastor. Not to, not to even go near him. And so as he heard that he was to lead this service, he kept going over in his mind, how could I possibly stand in front of these people? How could I possibly stand in front of these people and deliver them the message of Christ? How could I talk about peace when they have every reason not to listen to me? As he was mulling this over in his, his cell, there was a knock on the door and in walked an SS officer with one of the other prisoners behind him. And the prisoner, one of the men that was from uh, the Netherlands, said, we've asked permission and they've granted that you serve us communion after your sermon. Would you please deliver us this meal? And right after he tells that story, he writes the words, peace be to the earth and goodwill toward men. That in the faith, There is no division between us, but rather the body of Christ. That the message that we have on our hearts and in our mouths is not of our nationalities, not of our separations, not of our different ideas, but of Christ. And so that as we come to those that we disagree with, that we don't understand, that seem different from us, the ones who vote a different way or stand a different way, The word we have to share with them is of peace and gospel. So the question for us today is how are we going to do that? Isaiah chapter 9 promises that in the coming of Jesus Christ, we will have a Messiah who has the government on his shoulders and he will bring peace to the worst the world, and that is the zealousness of the Lord of hosts acting. Zechariah tells us that as Christ comes into the world, he will be sowing peace in this world. How? Where? In the millions of hearts that beat to the rhythm of the gospel. Where does he sow this peace? In mine and in yours. He has brought it to us by His blood. He's given it to us in His broken body. He's poured it over us in His water. He's given us the very words, For God so loved the world that I have sent My Son to you. This is the peace that we bear. With every step we have, with every word that we share, breaking down the barriers of division and walls, only with the words of Christ. So that the world may know, so that the world will come to see that they have a God who is truly present in in their lives. Amen?